my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Full House Friday, everyone. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today we are concluding the Joey and Jesse, or Jesse and Joey career journey series, where we focused on them starting out in advertising together and conclude with them starting up as the Rush Hour Renegades for the radio show that will carry them from season six through season eight. And of course, the episode I'm talking about is from season six. It's episode four entitled Radio Days. This aired October 13th, 1992. In this episode, Jesse and Joey are offered a job as radio DJs. Alright, so this episode's got a 7.1 out of 10 based on 242 ratings. In this episode, guest stars and... Oh my gosh! You've got to be kidding me! Oh my goodness. Edie McClurg as Jungle Jenny. My good grief. Like, I don't deal with this person enough on the Small Wonder podcast. But luckily, there, I'm in season three and we only get her for one episode. Because at that point, she's already on... Valerie or Valerie's family or the Hogan family, whatever you want to call it. Actually, Jody Sweden got her start on, basically that's how she was picked for Full House because Jeff Franklin had seen her on an episode of Valerie and it's like, that's who I want to play Stephanie Tanner. I'm just like, yes, yes. <laughs> so anyway, we also have... <clears throat> Hillary Shepard as Julie, who is the <laughs> DJ on for the um, radio show that Jesse and Joey will also be become a part of. So yeah, Jesse's got to impress this lady because he's like, oh yeah, I've always listened to your state, always listened to your station. You're so great, you know. He's schmoozing, and here comes Joey, who uh, <laughs> like. Yeah, sure. Hey, how's it going? Sure, I'll sit in on your, like, on-air interview, basically. Um, Mr. Strobridge, who also, of course, is Danny and Becky's boss, was also Vicky's boss for a short time. It's also Joey's boss because, of course, the Ranger Joe show also is at the station that also is for Wake Up San Francisco. So... Yeah, um, Jungle Jenny is apparently his wife, Mr. Strawbridge's wife, so that's crazy. Yes, this is most likely going to be the last time we ever see Ranger Joe. That's it. Boom. Ranger Joe came 
about in season five and by season six it's like okay well we're done with that let's go on to the next phase which is the radio show with the guys so as far as guest stars that's that's basically it and then we have richard carell directing we have writers jeff franklin the creator and tom burkhard directing this episode or <laughs> directing he was writing it <laughs> richard was directing it Here's some trivia. Even though it's supposed to be just a joke, Jesse wouldn't have been able to vote in more than two presidential elections at this point, much less for three past presidents. Earliest he could have voted for a president would have been 1984, since he turned 18 in 1981. Okay, well that is interesting information. Jesse and Joey are now DJs at the radio station now that Joey has quit. Yes, he's ba he basically quits the Ranger Joe show. After his new obnoxious co-host, Jungle Jenny, humiliates him. Who would want to work under those conditions? I wouldn't. I'd be like, you know what? It's been a great fun run, but I gotta bow out. I can't. <laughs> no one needs to be working in a hostile work environment, and that is exactly what this Jungle Jenny is bringing. She's changing the show without his permission, even though he is just a character on the show. He really doesn't have any sway as to changes being made. That's Mr. Strowbridge, because he is... Basically, the king of that station. He can do whatever he wants to any show that he has control over. So, yeah. All right. Five years earlier, Edie McClurg was playing Mrs. Poole on the sitcom Valerie, in quotes, The Hogan Family. In the episode of Boston Tea Party, January 4th, 1987, Jody Sweeten played Mrs. Poole's niece, Pamela, that, now that is interesting because on the show, you know, that was Stephanie, DJ Michelle's mom, Jess, and Jesse's sister was named Pamela, which it seems like in the beginning of Full House, Danny referred to her as Pamela, but then he would say Pam, and it just feels honestly like we did, after season one, it just, a name drop in season two that was basically it Danny just rarely you heard Pam's name mentioned unless it was in season eight with the series finale there was also she was brought up again in the slumber party episode also with Michelle being upset because she doesn't have a mom in matchmaker Michelle so she she does get name dropped, but anyway, um, yeah, that is basically it for true. Oh, we got goofs, plot holes. <laughs> In the previous season, Joey won a prestigious award for his show. Numerous episodes state how popular the show is. So would his show really be that bad in just a few months that it would be on the verge of cancellation and in desperate need of new life? I the. Whoever put this out there, that is a great point that I didn't even consider. It's like, you won an Emmy, a daytime Emmy for this show. You know how many shows have done that? I mean, sure, definitely Sesame Street. But, um... That, that I mean... 
I'm sure there are shows that have won Emmys that eventually down the road just whatever worked before isn't working because eventually you do get a new, the original audience that you had when you started, they're going to grow up and move on to other shows. Maybe one day they'll have kids and they'll reintroduce their children, but it'll be like, Oh, it just doesn't hit the same as when I was young. Well, not everything is going to hit the same as when you were young because you're not looking at it for the first time. You're not having the same... I mean, there's a reason we call it nostalgia for a reason, you know? It's just looking back on things that we enjoyed as children. But, yeah, again, you're not going to look at it the same. You're not going to look at it with the childlike wonder that you once did because you're not a child anymore. It just seems like, yeah, when we look back at the, as adults, from when we viewed them as children, we definitely seem to see things a little differently. We tend to be a little bit more critical in some areas of like, oh, that wouldn't fly today. Oh, he should have reacted this. They should have reacted this way in this situation. Or if I were in this situation, I would have done this. That kind of thing. You know, kind of like with podcasts and stuff. And it's looking back at these shows, just like, well, in reality, it's like, that's why we like shows. Because they're not reality. If they were reality, that would probably be a partial turnoff. Plus, probably wouldn't get as many laughs. <laughs> I mean, because, like I said, and I know I'm rambling, but it's like, we look at TV as an escape. Why would we want something that represents real life? Another plot hole. When Joey comes to see Jesse at the radio station, Jesse only introduces him to Julie as Joey. However, by the time she leaves the room, she somehow knows his last name is Gladstone. But we don't know the conversation... Before Joey got there, honestly. They could have been talking for a bit. And you know Jesse's going to talk about Becky and the kids and his family and everything like that. So, yeah. And while we're cutting back to the side stories, Jesse and Julie could have been having lengthy conversations about the show and what she kind of wants out of the new hosts and how she wants the direction of the show to go. Like, oh, uh, you're really into music you're a musician that's a great app but we also want to have comedy in there we want to entertain people on the drive because this is they're going to be the rush hour renegades people i mean i think in a way in the mornings it seems like when you're listening you're listening to traffic reports you're wanting to be woken up whether it's with wild music to kick your day off at the end of the day, and you're, like, putting work behind you for the day, and you're going home, that's basically what rush hour is. You're stuck in rush hour. Give me something funny to laugh at. Give me some good music to help me get through this drive until I can pull into the driveway and, and, and walk in the door. It's like your day is done at that point. You just want to take a breath and just unwind because you put your work day behind you. I'm honestly just trying to also think about the fact that it feels like when the guys were doing advertising, it feels like we got more episodes in regards to them working on jingles and this and that. And we do get some in regards to the radio show. Like in season seven, when they tried to do the Yakin with the Youth slash Teen Talk helping teenagers with their problems. I bring on Kimmy and DJ and Steve. 
that lasts like a episode and then it's like okay cut that program that didn't work um but yeah and then there's also fun segments about um joey doing impressions with bullwinkle and olive oil and stuff like that but it just it, it feels like for, yeah, uh, Rush Hour Renegades, again, in the end of season six, like, oh, we're going to broadcast your concert back to San Francisco. Or, oh, they're going to hook up everything, you know, for the radio show in our studio so we can basically work from home. That just seems, honestly, like you did that for a day. A day. Imagine all the equipment, everything you got to, you know, the, the people setting it up had to do, and then you got to break it all down and take it back to the studio. I don't know. I mean, I think maybe that would have been a better idea, like, if it were, you know, COVID times and you're working from home. You can radio station from home. Boom. There you go. But for one day, because Joey is injured, I would have said, hey, look. Joey, you get a day off today. I mean, I, and yeah, and then I'm also thinking about the time. Remember when it was their debut as a Rush Hour Renegades? And Jesse ended up getting, like, a really bad sinus head cold. And he took, like, four, like, DayQuil or NyQuil or whatever, which don't ever do that. Do not ever take over the recommended dose of cold pills that is dangerous. Even Joey says, you know how dangerous that is? But, and, and Joey basically saved Jesse's job. This is his debut as a Rush Hour Renegade. And he's like half, a, half asleep. He can't even keep his eyes open. But it's like, and I like that the guys are there for each other. And I'm just like, I guess the point I'm just trying to make from all this rambling is you could have just had Joey sit that one. I'm like, hey, man, take a day, heal your back, go to a chiropractor most likely you're going to, because he got injured because he fell in a dumpster that rolled down a hill because he was rollerblading and he messed up his back. Like, that is dangerous, especially over the age of 30-something. You could have pulled a muscle. Maybe he went to the doctor. We don't know. But anyway, okay, enough about that. So, this episode, Radio Days. All right. Okay, guys, I'm sorry. I got to get back on track. It's 11.19 in the morning. 11.20, actually. So, that being said, we've gotten all the good stuff there out of the way the introductions so of course we're going to move on to the introductions of saying hey to all the listeners out there including the tanner newbies aka new podcast listeners i want to tell you where you can listen to the podcast aka jumping aboard the tanner train If you're listening to it right now, then uh, one of the sources you must be using is either SoundCloud or the other source, which is iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Also, if you'd like to reach out to the podcast, you can do so via email. The email address is omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. You could also reach out on the Facebook podcast page. Just type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast. 
The Oh My Land to Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. You can click on it, follow it, like it, so you know what set of episodes I'm doing each month. I do a series of episodes that either contains at least three or four episodes, depending on which series I'm doing. I did release, about a month or so ago, a podcast schedule as far as what episodes I'm doing and when. Now, sometimes those episode episodes may change. They're not always set in stone because things in life come up. Outside of podcasting, like my job, my own life outside of podcasting and my job, stuff like that. So sometimes i got to rework things. If you have listened to that, you most likely already know. But if you don't know, at the end of 2023, 23, I'm wrapping up the Full House portion of the Full House Fuller House podcast in December. In January of 2024, I'm kicking off the Full House portion the remainder of the episodes I did not get to in the last four years since I started this in April of 2019. And how that's going to work, you're getting two episodes in one twice a month. I know that may seem like a bit, but honestly, <laughs> that's just kind of how I want to do things. You guys know I, I love Full House with all my heart. And I do love Fuller House. But there are some episodes that I'm just not a huge fan of. So we're just going to see how covering those episodes goes. Whether I'm just going to basically touch on stuff. Whether I'm going to stick with the original format of going through each scene and playing clips. Yes, of course, there will be clips. I may be just doing like a rundown of the scene after I play the clip or before I play the clip. We'll see. It just depends on how I want to do this. Now, once 2024 is over and both shows have been completed, that doesn't mean this podcast is just going to disappear, vanish into the ether. That just means I have to come up with new Full House or Fuller House content. And I've thought of many things. Compilation mini podcasts episodes, stuff like that. There are some behind-the-scenes Full House videos on YouTube. There are some PSAs. There's promos. I really would like to look at some of the promos that they have on YouTube and just kind of give my impression of if I think it's a good promo, advertising the episode, and just fun stuff like that. Or maybe what somebody might gather who's never seen the show and seen a pr and they're watching a promo of the show for the first time. Just little things like that. And pretty much that is going to honestly be probably maybe once a month for the most part. We'll we'll just see how things go. Um I do believe I at this point cuz this episode Um, big truck just rumbled by my window here. Um, yeah, you know what? I think, uh, a couple other things, again, if you're new to the podcast, just know that I created this podcast because, for one, I love the show. I love both shows. 
And this is what I call an ears of all ages podcast. So anybody of any age can listen to it without the fear of hearing anything inappropriate or any, any stuff that's not meant for young ears to hear because I want those that have grown up with the show who are now introducing their children to the show to have a safe space to listen while I recap the episodes and just go on my, my own memories and just have fun just going back and reviewing episodes. So this podcast isn't just for me, it's for all of you out there. And again, I feel I do not say this enough to all of you out there, but I want to sincerely thank all of you for listening whether you just whether you've been a listener since this debut in April of 2019 or whether you've tuned in in the last couple years I thank you so much so much for being a listener and if you haven't yet you need to go out there and check out Dave Coulier's Full House podcast it's amazing Uh, at this point I'm recording this July 26th He will be releasing his second episode, and not only is it available on iTunes, but, or Apple Podcasts, you can actually have it on YouTube as well, because he he does a, um, airs it on YouTube as well, so there's that available too. If you don't want to listen to it on your player, you can also listen to it on YouTube, so... And the first episode was Dave and Jeff Franklin just talking about how the show came to fruition, the ideas behind it, the casting, all that good stuff. And I do follow Dave Coulier, fellow Michigander, on Instagram, and I like how he ends the podcast with a hug. He talks about Bob Saget and how much he misses him. We all we all miss him, but... Dave and and Bob have just such an amazing, you know, brotherhood, friendship, relationship. It's just, oh, Bob Saget was just, he he was a one-of-a-kind person. Danny Tanner, one-of-a-kind, all-time, in my opinion, best TV dad out there. So, all right, you know what? I've talked for over 20 minutes. Let's get into the cold open. I'm sure it's going to be adorable because all the cold opens are just so cute and fun. And then we'll get into the episode. One last little tidbit. If you haven't yet and you'd like to, all podcasts need support. If you go to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, search Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast, the Elmay Lanta Holy Chulipas Podcast will pop up. Click on it, scroll down to where it says leave a review, and leave a review. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. And if we get a couple more five-star reviews out there before the end of 2023, before I end the Fuller House portion, that would be awesome sauce. Alright, let's do this cold open, everyone. So this cold open set in the living room has Becky, the boys, Nikki and Alex, and Michelle. And Becky asks Michelle, hey, can you watch the boys? I'm going to get them a cookie. And Michelle's like, oh, can I have one? (laughs) Well, I like that she actually asks, because when it comes to her sisters, 
when she was younger, she just, she doesn't ask, she just takes. <laughs> and Becky says, Michelle, you already had dessert. And of course, Michelle says, oh, just checking. <laughs> I think in a way, it almost feels like Becky won't let Michelle get it. Like, Michelle is so polite with Becky. And I think that Becky kind of does not let Michelle act like that. Like, the time in one of the cold opens where she's like, Michelle, get up. I'm not going to tell you again. It's like, Becky is, in a way, the mother figure that Michelle never got to have with, she never got to have with her own mother, Pam. Because, again, Pam passed shortly after Michelle was born. So I, I, I like that. But, you know, Becky does, I like that, like I said, I like that she reigns her in. Like, no, 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 sweetie. Like, the time they were baking a cake, or for someone's birthday, <laughs> I think it was Stephanie's birthday, Michelle kept wanting to lick the spatula or lick the bowl. So, it's like, no, no, we gotta finish frosting the cake. And then Michelle takes the spatula and, like, Pulls a lot of the frosting off the top of the cake. And Becky says, Michelle, now we got to make a whole new cake. Now we got to refrost it. And Michelle says, oh, yeah, exactly. That was my plan all along. So Becky leaves the living room to go get the cookies. And Michelle turns to the boys and says, okay, let's play a game. Where's your tongue? And Michelle holds her tongue between her thumb and index finger. The... <laughs> These babies, again, they're toddlers at this point, so they're really not responding to her. She's holding her tongue again. She's like, I'm talking about this thing. And one of the twins is laughing at Michelle. <laughs> just finds this adorable. The other one is looking straight ahead at either the baby trainer or their mother. There he goes. There he turns in Michelle's direction. Probably like wondering, like, why is my brother laughing? And she asks, where's your nose? Points to her nose. And the one twin smashes his palm onto his nose. And the other one, again, just nothing. And Michelle says, well, at least one of you got it. Um, I'm going to say as adorable as that cold open was, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so-so. It honestly was so-so. It almost makes me, um... Enjoyed the one about the twins and I think season eight when they tell Michelle a joke about what has four legs and barks or four legs and a tail and barks. Hey Michelle, you sit here with Nikki and Alex. I'm going to get them some cookies. Ooh, can I have one? You already had dessert. Just checking. <laughs> okay, let's play our favorite game. Where's your tongue? So I I rewatching that cold open again, I noticed that they cut back to Michelle and then they cut to the boys. So obviously it's they're reacting to the the baby coach, the baby wrangler who's getting them. Well, one of them anyway is responding to the cues, but the other one is just 
just there. <laughs> Not really interested in what's going on, but what they're again, they're babies. What are you gonna do? I just thought of another fun segment for a compilation mini podcast. I'm going to go through the cold opens and pick like my top five from like maybe my top ones from because they started the cold opens in season two and I think I'm gonna try to pick my favorite ones from each season and then do a mini episode about that okay so it looks like it's getting on dinner time and Danny and Becky are in the kitchen, and Becky's bringing a bowl over to the table of salad. Michelle is asking Stephanie if she needs any help writing a short story. That's right! I just was thinking about this. This is the episode. I kept what for the longest time. I'm like, what is the small plot? What episode? I could not think of me for, like, what what episode, what season was it in? And it's this episode. She writes a short story gathering information from listening outside DJ's door while she's, you know, hanging out with Steve and Kimmy while they're doing homework. And she fabricates a fake love letter to DJ from a non-existent person from her school to create turmoil between DJ and Steve. I'm like, Stephanie, come on. That is, that's cold. And Michelle's asking, like, hey, can I help? And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with homework. And Stephanie says, look, Michelle, I appreciate it, but this is a short story, and since you can't write, you can't really help me here. And poor Michelle, oh, she just feels bad. Like, mm, nobody ever wants my help. She says, oh, I can write... I's and T's, and Stephanie says, that's great. Then my story will pretty much just consist of it, 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 it. Oh, you mean Pennywise the Clown? It? Like, no, 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 no. Stephanie is not a Stephen King in the making. Oh, Michelle, you know they let you help when they need it, so you can feel included. Oh, my goodness, sweetie. She's like, all right, I got my story here. Dad, Aunt Becky, gather around and listen to this story I wrote about a potato bug. And she whipped it out in like five five minutes. I wrote like two sentences about a potato bug. Usually like a short story. I mean, isn't that at least a handful of pages? I don't know what the length requirement is for the fourth grade but or fifth grade. But I'm sure it's got to be more than, like, three or four sentences. Literary masterpiece, everybody, is what she is calling this. Try again, sweetie. The Potato Bug by Stephanie Tanner. She says, and the way she says it, the potato dog, the, 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 the potato bug was sitting on leaf. Not on the leaf, on leaf. Just... Hanging out, just sitting, 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 just hanging, hanging, hanging. That's basically all she's got. It's like, sweetie, that is like a sentence. 
or two sentences. That's not a short story. You need to brainstorm a little more. Even Michelle's like, you know, I like it, it, it better. It's like, eh, I gotta say with Michelle. Uh, honestly, you whipped that up in the course of a minute. I would just, I mean, I like that she's kind of just kind of watching the family and everything like that and just trying to garner inspiration and whatnot. And I'm just thinking, I remember in English class when I had to write a short story and let me tell you, it wasn't good because I was basically trying to copy um, The Good Son. Because I had the novelization. I just was changing the names. And I'm just like, this is utter garbage. Even when I was in second grade and I was trying to write, I was like trying to like write in the same vein of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Or when I was a little older, I was trying to write in the same vein of Homeward Bound. I was basically taking stuff I already knew and just changing names and scenarios. Although in second grade for the Young Authors contest, I did come up with a story. I really wish I had held on to this. But I think it had an elephant in it and another animal and something about a circus and a man with a gun. That's about all I could garner from it. I actually, you know, I drew pictures and I um, wrote the words out on the page. It was really nice because it was bound in like a little white hardcover little book. And it was it's really cute. And I just like, oh, I wish I had held on to that. Stephanie is just so quick to throw in the towel. She throws her pencil down and says, Ugh, she's right. This does bite. And Danny does provide good criticism here. He's like, honey, I mean, you got a good start. It's just, I want to know more about this potato bug. You know, what are his hobbies? What's he like to eat? What kind of fabric softener does he use? What's his favorite color? And Becky says, you know, honey, why don't you try writing about you know, the people in this house just things around you. Look for inspiration. I like how when she's telling Stephanie that, because Stephanie's sitting in the chair at the um, the kitchen counter there, and Becky comes up behind her and just kind of starts uh, pulling her hair back for her and everything. It just It's very motherly. I just, this is something that a, a mother would do, just kind of, come behind you and just kind of like stroke your hair or like try to put your hair in ponytail just something like that and just I I just ah oh, I just I like this so much you need any help I'm good at homework sorry Michelle I'm writing a short story you can't write so you can't help <laughs> I can write I than tea great story it 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 <laughs> Help. Okay, everybody, listen to my literary masterpiece, The Potato Bug by Stephanie Tanner. The potato bug was sitting on the leaf, just hanging out, sitting, 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 hanging, hanging, hanging. I it, it, it better. She's right. This bites. You know what it is? I, I have a need to know more about this potato bug. What are his hobbies? What's his favorite color? What sort of fabric softener does he use? 
Well, Steph, maybe you should write about what you do know, the people and the things around you. So DJ comes in yelling at Steve, who's walking in behind her, and Kimmy's also walking in behind Steve. And she's like, I can't believe you gave Kathy Santoni a ride home. Why would you do that? It's like, that's her frenemy, basically. And Steve says, well, she was loaded down with books. And DJ says, he had about 40 pounds of makeup. Six pounds of makeup. So Kimmy says, ding, end of round six. And Kimmy informs the rest of the family, so far I've got this fight tied even. Or scored even. I would like, I would like, let's take this argument upstairs or outside. But I, I said with DJ in this, it's like, like, dude, really? You're her boyfriend and she's your girlfriend. You don't give rides home. I mean, Kimmy is one thing. She's the exception because she is DJ's best friend. You don't give another girl a ride home. That is, that's just a major no-no. I don't care if it was pouring down rain and she is loaded down with 20 library books. Let her walk. Let someone else, it's Kathy Santoni. She's... I mean, at this point in time, isn't she close to getting married? This is season six and season seven. She's married with a baby on the way by the time that season seven rolls around. She's fine. She does not need your assistance, Steve. She is such a bimbo. She took shop class because she thought it was actually taught at the mall. Sounds like something Kimmy would do. I'm sorry, but it does. There we go. That see, see, Becky was right. Right about what you, what the stuff going on around you, because I mean, Stephanie's eyes just like, <sighs> honestly, the young and the jealous. Boom, she's got her story. So after Stephanie races up the stairs after DJ and Steve so she can listen in out in the hallway, Kimmy hops up in the chair that Stephanie vacated and says, So, Pops, what's for supper? And and he sa Danny says, folding his arms, a home-cooked meal. And he takes Kimmy by the arm, leads her to the back door and says, So go home and start cooking. Right home. Hey, she was loaded down with books. Yeah, and six pounds of makeup. <laughs> Ding. End of round six. So far, I've got this fight scored even. <laughs> Kathy is such a bimbo. She signed up for shop class because she thought it was taught at the mall. <laughs> the young and the jealous. <laughs> so, what's for supper, Pops? A home-cooked meal. So go home and start cooking. So Jesse comes in with Nikki and Alex and tells Becky and Danny he's got good news. He's being interviewed on KFLH for a benefit concert he's giving by, um, the DJ's name is Julie. <laughs> and he's really looking forward to that. He's, it's going to be a great 
publicity for him. He also mentions how Nikki, who had a diaper rash, it's now been downgraded to diaper irritation, so that's good. I think it Doofy is a made-up, non-existent character, or only existing in Full House. Because it sounds like she says Goofy, but she says Doofy. And they're really cool straws that are, like, the kind that, like, are kind of crazy kooky that... With, like, zigzags and stuff like that, and loop-de-loops. And she brings out, I'm guessing this is apple juice, which is filled, like, not even halfway. And Jessie is, like, doofy straws. Why would you give them that? They're babies. Just let them. Oh, my goodness. Celebrate the downgrade of diaper rash to diaper irritation. And Joey comes down. He's wearing a really nice... I don't know if it's electric blue suit jacket to go with his tangerine orange shirt underneath. But he's like, oh, doopy straws. And he goes and picks up the the juice. And Jesse's like, hey, that's for my son. They're for the children, Joey. You are not a child. So, Danny, and of course, Jesse actually already knows that KFLH is actually looking for an afternoon disc jockey, and Jesse says, I know, man, that would be perfect for me. I mean, I'm not on tour right now, my song's off the charts, off the charts, and he also says, it's always kind of been a childhood dream of mine to be a disc, disc jockey. Like, okay, aside from wanting to be a musician, he also wanted to be a radio DJ. If people don't want to hear my music, I'll just play music that they do want to listen to. And just Danny tells, like, hey, look, it could happen. You don't, you never know. Julie Hartman is actually the program director of the radio station. Since you're already going to be there promoting your benefit concert, this could be your in. I mean, I just officially go, I am... I kind of heard um, you guys were looking for an afternoon uh, disc jockey. How's that uh, going? Yeah, he's like, yeah, this is perfect. I'll go in there. I'll, I'll dazzle her with some snappy banter. Natural radio voice. He's so confident. He's like, oh, by the time the interview is over, she'll be begging me to work there. And Joey says, yeah, just know if you could only get a little self-confidence. What is, is Joey eating a piece of chicken? I always thought that's kind of been Jesse's thing. Oh no, Joey, as Becky takes the drumstick out of Joey's hand and says, Oh, Joey, you'll spoil your dinner. Spaghetti. Hmm. Okay. Better put on your red shirt, Joey. You know, on second thought, he might want to borrow a bib from Nikki and Alex. So it's like, look, I gotta pass on dinner. Uh <laughs> See, Mr. Strawbridge is trying to stick me with a co-host. Ugh. Co-host for the Ranger Joe show. So then it would have to be changed like the... Well, wait a minute. Wasn't Jesse kind of like a co-host something or other with Lumberjack Jess? Clearly that... Yeah, not to mention he just said recently there were budget cuts at the station. So... <laughs> That's why they cut him. 
then my guess is he's bringing his wife on, so basically he doesn't have to pay her anything. And just like, here we go. Here's a replacement. Boom. It'll be the Ranger Joe and Jungle Jenny show. Ugh. Oh, Danny. Because <laughs> he says, oh, yeah. Ugh, I remember when they stuck me with a co-host. The look that Becky gives him is just like, excuse me? We started that show together, sir. That was not your show. <laughs> He's like, uh, and it worked out great, didn't it? And Joey's like, well, I don't see why I need a co-host. I mean, our ratings are through the roof. And they look at him like, are you serious right now? They all kind of give him a raised eyebrow like, really, Joey? Really? You're telling me that the Ranger Joe show is beating out Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers reruns? I don't think so. And, but hey, they are starting to beat those Joni Los Chachi reruns, which never watched. I've never seen Happy Days. I've heard of it. Never watched it. I am, however, at this point in late July, starting to watch the show, the original Quantum Leap, which... Oh, how did I sleep on this show for over 30 years? I don't know. But it's good. Not to mention, speaking of Quantum Leap, there are a handful of Quantum Leap podcasts out there. So, Joey leaves to go to his meeting with Mr. Shorebridge, and Jesse's like, oh, boys, how are you liking those drinks? And apparently, they've sucked down what little juices in there because Jesse and Becky are like oh refills why you'll just have to you'll just have to change their diaper sooner oh. everybody I got good news I'm gonna be on KFLH radio tonight Julie Hartman's interviewing me about that benefit concert I'm doing oh that's Wonderful. great wait a minute there's more good news mm. Nikki's diaper rash has been downgraded to diaper irritation oh. wonderful alright you know what you guys mommy has a very big surprise for you look at this Apple juice with doofy straws. <laughs> yeah. Doofy straws. Yeah, kids love these things. Hi guys. Hi. Hey, doofy straws. <laughs> I love these things. Yeah, what a surprise. Let go of for the kids. <laughs> you know, Jess, the buzz around town is that KFLH is looking for a new afternoon disc jockey. Oh, I know, man. That'd be a perfect job for me. I'm not touring right now. My record's off the charts. Since I was a kid, I dreamed about being a DJ. Well, it could happen because Julie Hartman is also the program director. This is perfect. I'll go in there. I'll dazzle her with some snappy banner, impress her with my natural radio voice. And by the time that interview's over, she'll be begging me to work there. <laughs> yeah, Jess, now if you can just get a little bit of self-confidence. <laughs> oh, Joey, don't. You'll spoil your dinner. We're having spaghetti. You better put on your red shirt. Well, I got a pass on dinner. I got a big meeting down at the station. Mr. Strobridge is trying to stick me with a co-host for the Ranger Joe show. Yeah, remember when they stuck me with a co-host? <laughs> and it worked out great. I don't see why I need one. My ratings are through the roof. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm starting to beat those Joni Loves Chachi reruns. <laughs> hey boys, how you doing with those drinks? Refills. So now we go upstairs to the side plot. We got D uh, Stephanie outside DJ's door listening in. She's got her notebook there. 
listening to DJ complain, asking Steve, do you think that Kathy Santoni's hair is bouncier than mine? I'm thinking, why are you threatened by this girl? What? Why are you jealous? There's no, I'm telling you, DJ, there's nothing to be jealous of this or even threatened by this girl at, like, at all. Steve loves you. I mean, think about it. Later this season with the, the, the prom night episode, when Steve's ex, Rachel, comes around and he professes to DJ, I didn't know what love was until you. Melts my heart. Girl, you have nothing to worry about. He uh, uh, repeatedly is like, Deej, I promise you, Kathy Santoni means nothing to me. I'm surprised that he's like, you know what? If you're just going to keep on about this, I'm going to go study at home. I got to get to wrestling practice anyway. He goes over and apologizes to him and kisses him on the cheek. Like, I'm sorry. I just, I don't know what I was thinking. Jealous of Kathy Santoni, please. Who thought that shop was taught at the mall? <laughs> what am I even worried about? Taft Hartley Act. What are they studying? His studying history. I are they in the they must be in the same class, I guess, because he's a senior and she's a. I thought she she's a sophomore at this point, so she's like. That's going to be pretty good. I mean, she's a 10th grader and she's, well, wait a minute. This is how this, that goes, I guess, for them is high school starts 10th grade. She would have to go like two more years without Steve being there. Because he graduates before she becomes a junior. So... We cut outside DJ's room. We're out in the hallways with Stephanie. She whips her glasses off. She's like, ugh, the young and the jealous has just become the dull and the boring. So she's basically cooking up something to rile them up again. Like, oh, they're not fighting. I gotta create something that's going to throw a wrench into the relationship. Santoni's hair is bouncier than mine. Deej, I told you, Kathy Santoni means nothing to me. Okay, I'm sorry. Let's get back to the Taft-Hartley Act. The young and the jealous just became the dull and the boring. So, the Tart... The Tart... Uh, the Taft-Hartley Act is the Labor Management Relations Act of 1947. It's a United States federal law that restricts the activities and power of labor unions. It was enacted by the 80th United States Congress over the veto of President Harry S. Truman, becoming a law, becoming law on June 23rd, 1947. Good grief. This sounds so, just, wow, very uh, boring here. Let's see. Taft-Hartley Act amended 1935 National Labor Relations Act, adding new restrictions on union actions and designating new union-specific unfair labor practices. Among the practices prohibited by the Taft-Hartley Act are jurisdictional strikes, 
Wildcat strikes, solidarity or political strikes, secondary boycotts, secondary and mass picketing, closed shops, monetary donations by unions to federal political campaigns. The amendments also allowed states to enact right-to-work laws, banning union shops. Enacting during the early stages of the Cold War, the law required union officers to sign non-communist affidavits with the government. That's basically thanks to Wikipedia. Um, I barely understood any of that. Um, <laughs> when I worked in a factory, there was a thing about a, a union supposedly was going to come in. And... There were people picketing outside the factory. I was not one of them. I was like, I don't want a part in that. And I, I voted no. I didn't want the union to come in. So I was like, we, we're, I'm, I'm, like, I'm fine with how things are. I don't have a problem with it. It just seems like then if you bring them in, then you're going to have to go through a union when it comes to handling disputes and issues. And I was like, that just sounds like a whole lot of bunch of stuff that I don't want to deal with. So, yeah. That was my experience with a, a union thing coming in. So it's like, no, y'all want to strike, go for it. I'm going to stay inside and work. I'm going to get paid. Yes, Stephanie is going to create unnecessary drama for her sister and her boyfriend. Girl, do you realize the damage you could have done where they could have broken up and it would have been on you because you were sticking your nose where it doesn't belong. You were trying to find inspiration for a short story that you could have just watched TV, watched the news, look at what's going around in your family. I mean, hence your sister. What's going on in the, you know, Beck, you like to read. You can watch TV. You can gain inspiration from that and just write something. Or even she could take you know, cues from her own life. Like, you lost your mother, and you have now, like, a, a blended family in a way with, you know, an uncle and an aunt who live with you, and a family friend that live with you, and just stuff like that. And just living in a big family. You could write about a child, like, feeling like I'm the middle child. I don't get attention, like, my older sister or my younger sister. I feel ignored, and just you a short story about the invisible middle child. I don't know. Something that maybe your other classmates that are also middle children could possibly relate to. So Joey walks onto the set and he right away notices something is off with the enchanted forest. There are vines hanging all over the place amongst the... The tent that he has set up, the little spot where Mr. Speaking of Mr. Woodchuck, Jungle Jenny's got her hands all over this puppet, and I don't like it. It's like, he does not belong to you. That is Joey Gladstone's puppet. But yeah, she's sitting on a stump, and she's messing around. Like, no, that isn't the studio's property. That's Joey's. But she probably figures, because her husband runs that station, she can just do whatever she wants, including hanging these jungle vines. Yeah, she's like making Mr. Woodchuck like hit himself in the face. And Joey's like, uh, excuse me, don't touch my woodchuck. So yes, 
she, of course, has heard of Joey. She's like, oh, Ranger Joe, I've heard of you. I'm Jungle Jenny. And she's shaking his hand because he's holding on to Mr. Woodchuck. Poor Mr. Woodchuck's head is just bouncing on his neck, on his body. Like, I'm your new co-host. She's so bubbly. And she says, oh, I hope you don't mind. I hung up some vines to spruce up the jungle. And he's like, this isn't a jungle. This is a forest. He says, correction, Ranger Joe lives in a forest, not a jungle. And this lady, just she just comes off so superior. Just, well, there are trees and there are vines. What's the diff? I'd be like, there's a lot of diff. Go find a dictionary. Go find an encyclopedia. And look up the difference between forests and jungles. There's a world of difference. Different type of animals. Just complete and utter different vegetation. And he, yeah, he, he's getting irritated. He's like, actually, there's a world of diff. And she comes around with, well, aren't we wound tighter than an Amish quilt? She's all about rhino hunts. Let's get crazy and take the kids on a rhino hunt. And Joey says, no, we don't hunt rhino. We would invite them to a picnic. We are all about a safe space here. We're not about killing animals, which you clearly are. We don't promote violence on the show. He says we'd invite the rhinos on a picnic. And she's like, oh, think about it. <laughs> because that rhino hunt would be a panic. Have you ever backed into a rhino? And she throws her hands up like, whoo! It's like, calm down, Jungle Jenny. Calm down. She is honestly, she's right up against Kimmy Gibbler in the fashion department just with the wild colors. I mean, compared to her like auburnish colored hair on Small Wonder in the 80s, her hair is more lightened here where it's more of a strawberry blonde color. I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure that Mr. Strawbridge probably did take his wife on a safari rhino hunt. And she's like, oh, have you ever backed into a rhino? Like, I do He's already had his fill of this lady, and <laughs> he hasn't even gone. They haven't even started filming. They haven't even brought the, the kids in for the show and everything. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not working with that lady. No way. So, Mr. Strawbridge... Strawbridge comes on and says, oh, Gladstone, I see you've met your new co-host. And Joey is fit to be tied. He's like, sir, there is no way I'm working with that woman. Yeah, he says, she's totally whacked out and obnoxious. And that's when Mr. Strawbridge says, she's my wife. No, 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 no. Mm -mm, no. Mm -mm. That should not be allowed. He can't just bring on his wife. Isn't that like a conflict of interest issue? He probably didn't even interview anyone else. Like, oh, honey, you're just sitting around the house. Here you go. Let's give you a job. More like, <laughs> I, I don't know. And of course, Joey wants to keep his job here. He says, oh, he, she is just what the show needs. Like, what else can he say other than it's like, I'm done. I'm, I'm just, I can't. It's been a fun run, but no. <laughs> Stop hitting your 
Where's the... Uh, excuse me, excuse me. Please don't touch my woodchuck. <laughs> oh, Ranger Joe, I'm Jungle Jenny, your new co-host. <laughs> well, I hope you don't mind. I hung up a few vines to spruce up the jungle. Vines? Uh, Ranger Joe lives in a forest, not a jungle. <laughs> there are trees and there are leaves. What's the diff? <laughs> Actually, there's a world of diff. Oh, well, aren't we wound tighter than an Amish quilt? Let's <laughs> say let's get crazy and take the kids on a rhino hunt. We would never hunt rhino. We'd invite them on a picnic. Think about it. That rhino hunt would be a panic. But you gotta be careful. Have you ever backed into a rhino? Whoop! <laughs> Gladstone, I see you met your new co-host. Mr. Strobridge, sir, there is no way I can work with that woman. She's totally whacked out and obnoxious. She's my wife. She's just what the show needs, sir. So this has got to be, like, because we see the outside of the studio, and it's, like, pitch black outside. And she is... Her moniker, I guess you would call it, is Jive All Night Julie. So I guess she's having Jesse come in during the evening. So it's kind of a one-on-one -on -one interview. And I just kind of wonder how, how Joey kind of comes into play. Because do they really have Wake Up? Would they really have Wake Up San Francisco, the Ranger Joe show, and the radio station in the same building? I'm just curious. 20 songs in a row? Gosh. I mean, I don't even really listen to the radio anymore, but do they play 20 songs in a row? Ever? <laughs> or is it constantly like, play like two songs commercial? Two more songs, then you have your D your um, radio host come on. Then you play a couple more songs. Oh, gotta go to commercial. It just It's almost like with TV shows that have like, 30 minutes of show and it's like a 45 minute show and it's got like 15 to 20 minutes like half the show is commercials it seemed like that when I watched This Is Us it was literally you'd have one scene commercial one scene commercial and I'm just like it's more commercial than show so <laughs> Joey got out of his meeting early and he decides to come down to the station and just watch Jesse on the radio, I guess. Like, uh, didn't think you could... I, I don't know. I don't know how this works. I guess in the 90s you could just walk into a building. There wouldn't be any security to ask you who you are or why you're there. Or... <laughs> I mean, nowadays I don't think he would be getting in that building unless he had an appointment. And ID. Hey, he's just there to support Je Jesse and just like, hey, I'm here to see you, witness you, make radio history. And Jesse's like, well, how do you, how did you like your new co-host? And Joey says, how do you like your natural now? Like, yeah, your your last trip to the dentist with the, uh, like, woo, that bad, huh? Like, yeah, uh, I, I just. She is just, I, would, I wouldn't be able to work with someone like that, like, at all. I'd be like, schedule us on different days because I don't want to be around this. I can work with people, but there are some people that just make, they make the job that much harder to do with them around. And it's like, you know, you can only honestly 
be so nice. Or you can only fake polite so long before it's like you can't take it anymore. I mean, honestly, I feel like it's like that with every single job. You're going to come across somebody that you just cannot stand to work with. And you're happy that you're getting paid to be around this person. So, oh, Jesse is so pumped. He's like, oh, man, I've got to be a DJ in this place. It just, ah. Oh. You know, and that's how I felt when I worked at, when I went for my um, interview at the video store. The one where I met my husband and, um... Well, who became my husband later on, but just looking around and just like, oh, I just, I could see myself working here. It's just, you look around, you just like, uh, and I felt the same with, with my current job when I was going in for an interview, just hoping like, this is, this is what I wanted since I was like old enough to be able to, to work in a video store or a movie theater and stuff like that. So she does a little one-on-one um, -on -one chat with him. He's like, oh, I just, I would love to work in. Definitely has known he wants an opportunity to be able to work at the radio station. Doesn't hint that there's a job opening, but it's like, I would love to have this position. I would love to do this for a living. <laughs> and, of course, that's when she notices just kind of hanging out in the hallway because it's just a window there that Joey is out there. She goes, oh, I, I see you brought your uh, your fan club with you, huh? And Jesse's like, yeah, he, that's my pal Joey. He's really a funny guy. And, of course, she's like, well, tell him to come in here. <laughs> the more the merrier. And she's like, well, let's bring him on in. And, and Joey's like, oh, no, I, I couldn't. You know, this is, this is Jesse's thing. You know, no, no, come on, come on. <laughs> and Jesse's like, come on, Joey, she won't bite. And, yeah, she's kind of doing the finger, like, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> and he's like, well, okay. <laughs> so Joey pulls up a chair, and he's like, hey, how are you doing, San Francisco? <laughs> he's talking into the mic. And Jesse kind of promotes, like, you know, Joey actually ho is host of the Ranger Joe show. You ever seen it? And she's like, no. Nah, usually watching Joni Loves Chachi reruns. I was like, oh, right. Yeah, because Jesse's like, oh, you might have seen it down in the afternoon. She goes, sorry, I'm usually watching Joni Loves Chachi. So it's the Feed the Hungry Benefit at the Civic Center. Oh, yeah, it's definitely just him and the Rippers, a lot of other great bands that are supporting a cause. Starts at 8 o'clock at night. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just... <laughs> I've gotten into the 
have it now where I have my sleep schedule where I really don't stay up past 10 o'clock anymore if I can help it. That's just how I've just kind of trained myself when I work in the, in the mornings and stuff like that. It's like that way I can make sure I get my eight hours of sleep or more. And if I wake up in the middle of the night, I still have plenty of time to fall back asleep. Or maybe it's because I'm in my 40s and I just can't stay up late anymore like I used to. I don't know. And Julie mentions how, you know, Jesse, I heard you put on a really good show with the Rippers. Joey, is that true? And Joey says, yeah, as long as it doesn't mess up his hair. <laughs> right away with the cracks. And Jesse just looks betrayed like, dude. This is basically an interview for me, and you're throwing in hair jokes. You know he's gonna, Joey's gonna throw in an Elvis joke in there, too. But Jesse plays it off like he's in on it. Like, <laughs> yeah, Jesse, <laughs> thanks, Joey. <laughs> and Joey says, yeah, I gotta tell you folks out there, Jesse does have a good head of hair. And <laughs> he he says, yeah, you know, I, I come I come to once in the fifth grade, and it's been perfect ever since. And then, of course, Joey, you know he's got to throw with, like, oh, just be honest here, how much time you actually spend on your hair each day. Yeah, he says, nature's been kind. <laughs> and then Joey jumps in with, yeah, he, Joey says, yeah, Joey, or Jesse, he uses so much hairspray. <laughs> There's a giant hole in the ozone right above his head. I'm thinking, dude, you're just, mmm. But it just seems like when Joey starts getting laughs, it's like he gets on a roll and he just does not know when to stop. <laughs> Julie's laughing and then Jesse, like, puts an arm around Joey starts kind of like smacking the side of his face <laughs> as he's like like pretending to think this is funny for just for her sake like he's going along with it like last thing he wants to look like is that he's getting irritated by it because then it's going to make him look bad and he may not get the job. And just like, look, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I use a, a, a tad bit of hairspray, but hey, it is environmentally safe. Yeah, is this where Joey jumps in with, like, yeah, last time it rained, I used it to spray down the patio. But no, he says, Joey says, safe and strong. The last time we had a tornado, I used it to, to spray down the patio umbrella. Oh my gosh. I mean, I've heard of earthquakes in California, of course, but a tornado? I don't know. I just don't know about that. But Jesse feels like he's the butt of the joke because you got Joey laughing, you got Joey just loving this. He thrives on laughter. He's a comedian. Now, Julie, of course, wants to know who Jesse's musical influences are. Of course, Elvis. And I'm sure the Beach Boys will be thrown in there for good measure. Ah, he says, well, I'll have to admit that, uh, you know, Elvis Presley, Presley did influence me a little bit. And Joey jumps in with, like, a bit? Jesse, come on, be honest here. Admit it. You're obsessed with Elvis Presley. You have been since I've known you. And then he, <laughs> Joey has, you spent more time voting for the Elvis stamp than you did the last three presidents. Well, first of all... You vote for a president, what, every four years? That's 12 years. I mean, 
Jesse's what? Got to be at least maybe 27, 28 at this point? No, he has not voted in the last three presidential elections. And good for the person on trivia on IMDb pointing that out, because I wouldn't have known that. As a kid, I watched it like, yeah, sure, that checks out. But... And then, <laughs> Jesse <laughs> leans into the mic and says, I'm not obsessed. Okay, Joey, this is honestly going too far. He needs to, like, put a cork in it. Because he says, hey, Jess, tell him about your Elvis underwear. <laughs> oh, my gosh! Jesse's not laughing. He is full-on just glaring in Joey's direction. Like, how dare you? You, I feel like you want to talk about obsession? This is the man that plays with a woodchuck puppet for a living. You hear one of the audience members go, woo! And then you hear Julie say, tell us. And he's like, oh, okay, I just have one pair. And it does say love me tender on the back. So she jumps in there like, okay, <laughs> we've been talking to Jessica Zopolis and Joey Gladstone. And we'll be right back. And she, I think she's going to play some music. So she's like, oh my gosh, guys, you're really funny. You know, hold on a second. And as soon as she leaves, Jesse turns on Joey. But Joey's like, oh my gosh, man, we are having such a blast. He just like said Jesse's going along with it. Like, look, look at my face. Do you see me laughing? You don't? Yeah, there's a reason, Joey. I love how Jesse does the slow turn with his head and in Joey's direction and just glares at him like. <laughs> and Joey's sort of like, what? And Jesse seeing him says, "What do you mean, what? You just made me look like an idiot in front of millions of listeners." And Joey says, "Yeah, right, millions." It's probably only thousands. Like, Joey, that, that's not the point if it's a thousand or a million or a hundred listeners. You embarrassed him. He's trying to promote his band who's doing the, the charity thing in Majiggy for the Feed the People event. And you're messed up. Well, the fact that since it's Jesse and the Rippers and we don't have the Rippers there to also, maybe they want to chime in with something. But, of course... They're not, I, I don't know, I don't know. Jesse speaks for himself and the Rippers, apparently, because they're not there. Yeah, Jesse's angry. It's like, Joey, what has gotten into you, man? You blew the one shot I had of possibly getting this position by making cracks about my hair, my underwear, my Elvis obsession. I'm surprised, like, Joey, I would never do something like that to you. But, of course, Joey thinks, like, Jess, seriously, you're taking this too hard. You're taking this the wrong way. Yeah, and Joey's getting defensive and I was saying, cranky pants, settle down. I was just having some fun. It's like, yeah, at someone else's expense. This was basically what felt like a semi, it was an interview for the charity thing, but it also felt like it could have been a partial job interview. And Joey says, hey, I mean, it's like, seriously, your hair's your whole life. And Jesse says, well, hey, at least cartoons are my whole life. If you can call that a life, Joey. 
they start calling each other names. Jesse's like, I'm out of here. Joey's like, look, I'm out of here, all right? Forget I even showed up to support you. Dippity doohead. Uh, because he calls Jesse that after Jesse calls him Bullwinkle Brain. We all know that Rocky is the brains in the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. I mean, come on. We all know. So Julie comes in and Jesse turns around like, oh, hey. And she says, you know, everyone loved that seg segment. The phone lines are going crazy. And she tells him, like he doesn't already know this, we've been looking for someone to fill the afternoon slot. She basically offers him the job. He's like, he kind of plays him like, oh yeah, really? I, I, I didn't know that. And she's like, well, are you interested? Are you interested? He's like, well, of course. Jesse says, oh, this is so great. You know, I'll, I'll program my own music. I'm like, um, I don't know about that. You probably would have to play what they want you to play. I'm sure they'd be open to suggestions, but uh, I'm like, I don't think they're going to have you use that as a form to plug your own music. Hey, some live stuff? It's a radio station, not amateur hour. And he says, Monday morning, going to be Monday afternoon, I'm going to be right here in this chair. And she says, that's great, as long as Joey is in the chair next to you. So it's basically a deal for both of them. It's like, this is, it's either you, one, both of you, or none of you. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> shoot. Oh, man. Mm, if he'd have just saved it for home, they could have found out the news and worked all the deets out later. Because ah, now he and Joey are just not talking to each other, and that is not good if they're supposed to be Radio host personalities next week. Oh, yeah, I see you brought your fan club with you. Oh, yeah, that's my pal Joey. Mm -hmm. he's, he's really a funny guy. Oh, yeah? Let's bring him on in. Oh, come on, Joey, she won't bite. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Have a seat. Welcome to KFLH. Hello, San Francisco. <laughs> Joey. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Thanks. And Joey plays um, Ranger Joe on the Ranger Joe show. You may have seen it on the afternoons. Sorry, I'm usually watching Joni Loves Chachi. So, anyway, Jesse, why don't you tell us about the Feed the Hungry Benefit at the Civic Center this Saturday? Oh, yeah, it's, it's a really great cause. It's uh, me and the Rippers and a bunch of great bands, so come down. It starts at 8 o'clock. Great. You know, I heard you and the Rippers put on a really good show. Is that true, Joey? Uh, sure, as long as it doesn't mess up his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joey. I gotta tell all you folks out there, Jesse does have a great head of hair. Oh, uh, thanks very much. I combed it once in fifth grade, and it's been perfect ever since. <laughs> Nature's been kind. <laughs> Nature? Hey, this guy uses so much hairspray, there's a giant hole in the ozone right above his head. Tad hairspray, but let me tell you something. It is environmentally safe. Oh, good. <laughs> safe and strong. Once during a tornado, I used it to spray down the patio umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jesse, who are your musical influences? Uh, well, that's a good question. I have to say that uh, Elvis Presley did influence me a little mm. bit. A bit? Come on, admit it. You're obsessed. You spent more time voting for the Elvis stamp than you did the last three presidents. <laughs> Not obsessed. <laughs> Tell them about your Elvis underwear. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
have one pair that says, love me tender on the back. <laughs> All right, well, we've been talking to Jesse Katsopoulos and Joey Gladstone, and we'll be right back. That was a great spot, you guys. Very funny. Hang in here a minute, would you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, that was a blast. <laughs> What? She made me look like an idiot in front of millions of people. Oh, come on. It was probably only thousands. <laughs> I can't believe you. You made making cracks about my hair, my underwear. You blew the one shot I had at this job. I don't believe this. Settle down, Mr. Cranky Pants. I was just having a little bit of fun. It's like your hair is your whole life. All these cartoons aren't my whole life, if you can call that a life. All right, fine. All right, that's it. I'm out of here. All right, bye. Bye, Bullwinkle Brain. Bye, Dippity Doohead. <laughs> Bullwinkle Brain. Dippity Doohead. Bullwinkle Brain. Bullwinkle. Oh, hi. <laughs> you know what? Everybody loved that segment. The phone lines are going crazy. And we've been looking for someone to fill in the afternoon slot. Really? I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So, are you interested? Yeah, this should be perfect. This should be great. Uh, you know, I'll program my own music, maybe play some live stuff. I'll tell you something. Monday, I'm going to be right here in this chair. Fine. As long as Joey is right next to you. So, Joey is flipping through a magazine on his bed. And it, it just... I'm sure over the last four years I have brought this up when we've done an episode with Joey now in Jesse's old room. That he took everything from that basement apartment, which of course basement apartment so much bigger took all that stuff down there and crammed it into a small bedroom but I think it's just it's the comforter that I really like it just it's 90s shapes and, and squares and teal he's also got a ni really nice comfy chair over by the window and he's got a bunch of posters. He's got his Popeye characters. Bluto's hanging out in the chair. And he also has a couple bookshelves. Like, I think one that's built into the wall right behind the door that leads to his room. And then there's one right on the other side of the door. A, a small one. And I'm just thinking that just learning. Oh, there's also, I think that's Pink Panther up there on the, the edge of his headboard there. But it looks like it could either be books or CDs. But I think they're mainly books. He also has, like, three hockey sticks that are propped up in a display. There's also, right next to that, there is the... Three Stooges figurines. He's got Charlie Chaplin on the back of his door. And here comes Jesse. Oh, what does Jesse have behind his back? It's a peace offering. So he's like, hey, Jojo, Joge, my man. It's almost like he's trying to just wash away their argument earlier at the radio station by bringing him a peace offering, which is... I think it's an ice cream sundae with Fruit Loops. Oh, there is also a framed picture from an episode that I will get to 
when I cover Joey's comedic career journey series next month. It's a framed picture of him as a kangaroo, a boxing kangaroo. So part of me kind of wonders if that has anything to do with when Joey goes to Hollywood. He and Funicello and Frankie Avalon were going to star in a show that sadly got canceled before it really got picked up. And then they were going to make it into a cartoon with Frankie and Annette as dolphins and Joey as a surfing kangaroo. There's also a poster on the closet of a Detroit Red Wings character or character player and a picture of Houdini. He found this lying around. It is a bowl of ice cream with whipped cream and fudge on the bottom. Hot fudge on the bottom. So, apparently both Joey and Michelle are a fan of cherries on their Sunday. I, however, am not. But he does have Fruit Loops on there, which, um, Jesse does remember that Joey is not a fan of the yellow ones. He hates the yellow ones. So, Joey hops off his bed, tosses his magazine down, and says, Look, Jess, you think I'm supposed to forgive you for all the mean stuff you said to me? Joey... I'm not so much siding with Jesse, but you said stuff too. You also were getting too, too personal on the air about Jesse's underwear, his Elvis underwear, and just making cracks about his hair. It's like, dude, I get he's being defensive and thinking that because he's a comedian and he makes jokes that he can do that at someone else's expense and they're just supposed to roll over and be fine with it. So I guess, yes, it does kind of make it sound like I am siding with Jesse over Joey. Uh, yeah, and then when he notices the ice cream, he's like, oh, by the way, if you haven't noticed the height difference, I'm not Michelle, so you can't bribe me with ice cream. Nice try, though. But Jesse has him at Fruit Loops. Because Joey softens and he's like, did you, did you say Fruit Loops? Jesse smiles. He's like, I got him. I got him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, I, I took out the yellow ones, Joey. I know how you hate the yellow Fruit Loops. Okay, you're forgiven. Ah, ah, but there's a catch. There's a catch to that forgiveness ice cream <laughs> treat. <laughs> Jess, and the way that Jesse does it is really underhanded because he's like oh by the way um Allison wanted us to um co-host the uh, radio show together so uh yeah and then as soon as he gets out barely gets out the door Joey puts the Sunday down he's like uh-huh mm, I yeah I got you I got you I knew this was a bribe and he's basically doing the, the get out get out get out Jess get out right now Oh, no, the way he says it is like, oh, uh, just, just slipped my mind, but I just remembered just now. KFLH wants us to team up and do an afternoon radio show. And I told him we would, so. <laughs> he says, oh, thanks, pal. He goes to turn to go out the door. Joey immediately, aha, aha. Basically, yeah, he's doing the underhanded, like, get out, get out, get out right now. 
And Jesse's all like, well, wait a minute. What? 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 I, I gave you a forgiveness ice cream Sunday, an apology Sunday. What? What's this? What's this motion of you wanting me to go up the door and leave your room? I don't get it. And Joey Fraser's like, yeah, Jess, nice try. You're only being nice to me because you need me now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I get you. I get where you're coming from. This is, and, and the thing is, now Joey's like, well, Jesse comes off with like, hey, you know, this could be a good thing for both of us. Jesse can, you know, talk about his, his band on occasion. Joey can pump out his comedy bits. There you go. Bing, bang, boom, right? Exactly. You're getting exposure for your, your, what you want to do with your life. And you're getting your voice out there. You're getting your voice out there. But this is what I don't like about what Joey's doing. He says, I don't want to work with someone who can't even take a joke. Joey, there's a difference between a joke and making fun of someone or making a quote-unquote joke at the expense of someone's feelings. And that is exactly what he did. I, I can't tell you how many times in movies or TV shows when people get upset because, like, oh, can't you take a joke? Ha, ha, ha. Because I was making fun. Yeah, to me, that feels like making fun of somebody. And you can call it a joke all day long, but at the end of the day, it's still Joey went too far. And the fact, yeah, you want to know this? Remember with the My Funny Valentine with Roxy and Joey got all defensive because the Tanner family did not like being roasted by Roxy on stage in front of strangers? And Joey said, well, that's just a comedic roast. That's the highest level of compliment from a comedian that they could give you. Still, I'm sorry, but I I go to see a comedian to laugh. I don't want to be pulled into the joke because that's embarrassing. And if other people like roasts and people roasting other celebrities and stuff, I mean, that's cool and all, but that's just, I'm not about that. I'm not about it at all. And Jesse says, Joey, there's nothing funny about my hair. And then here Joey goes again. It's like, no, but there's some there's something really funny about the big moose stain you leave on the couch. As opposed to all the crumbs that you leave from all the food that you eat, Joey, on the couch where people sit. Yeah. Mr. Sticky Fingers, wiping your hands on the couch cushions. Uh-huh. Where people sit. Yeah, yeah. You don't think they don't know. They, you don't think they don't, they won't see that, Joey. But you live with Danny Tanner, and Danny Tanner sees everything in his house. Everything that happens, he sees. Both of them are like, I'm not doing the show with you. And, no, that's where you're wrong. I'm not doing the show with you. Well, I got news for you. They probably won't do it with either of you if you can't come to an agreement and just put your differences aside. So here comes Michelle who sees her uncle and family friend, Joey Gio. This is, this is her family here. She sees them arguing, and immediately she wants to jump in there and, and rectify the interest and just fix this problem so they'll be happy again. And she comes in, and, well, she asks, excuse me, and they say, yes, Michelle, what's up? Michelle says, if you guys are fighting, if you're arguing, I can help you. 
love her confidence here. Because Joey right away is like, oh, I, I don't think so, Michelle. His arms are folded across his chest. He's not having any of it. And she says, no, seriously, I'm a good helper. I can help you out. Like, I've known you all for six years, okay? I got this. Both of the guys are now facing each other with their arms crossed across their chest. They will not even look at each other. When I count to three, you say you're sorry. So she <laughs> she crosses her arms and counts like one, two, three. Looks at Jesse. Turns and looks at Joey. Both of them, again, they're just, will not look at each other. They're so closed off right now. Michelle counts four, five, six. It's almost like the countdown thing you do when... I don't know, has that ever worked for anyone? I don't think I've ever used that to calm down from a situation. But it seems like the more you talk about a situation while you're angry, it seems like the more outraged you get. Or eventually you just run out of steam and just admit, like, you know what? Maybe I didn't handle it correctly. Regrets and apologies. So she's like, okay, clearly the, the sorry is not going to work. Just skip the sorry and just hug it. Hug, hug it out, basically. Michelle goes behind Jesse and just above his knees starts pushing him in Joey's direction. And Jesse pushes Michelle back and just says, forget it, Michelle. I'm not hugging a bullwinkle brain. And Joey immediately jumps in with Dippity Doo Head, which if you don't know what Dippity Doo is, it's a hairstyling product that existed, I think, in the like the 50s and 60s, and maybe even earlier than that. I don't know if they even make it anymore. But the first time I ever heard of Dippity Doo would have been, well, the time I heard it and found out what it was, it was Dippity Doo, which was, again, hairstyling product that was mentioned on the show American Dreams, which lasted from 2002 to 2005. Uh, another movie uh, that mentioned it would have been The War from 1994. Um, the daughter was styling the dad's hair with uh, Dippity Doo. She, I guess she wanted to give him like a little uh, Elvis uh, curl in the front or something. <laughs> I love this rug that it's, I think it's an area rug. It goes, again, really just square shapes and the colors is kind of like a, a couple different versions of red, like burgundy and whatever other darker red color there is. It just, it goes so good. The set dressers, set designers, just, I love, especially, I've, I've talked so much about how much I love the peach and the lavender color scheme of DJ's room. And also she's got a framed whale tail poster that is rimmed in lavender and peach. And it's just, I love it. Yeah, Michelle just throws her hands up like, why do I even bother? Because Jesse's already left the room. That ice cream sundae is a big old puddled mess on Joey, on the top of Joey's bookshelf. But, oh no, Michelle's like, you know what, this is just sitting here, and I love ice cream, especially the cherries. I'm going to take this. You don't deserve it, Joey. I'm going to eat this.
Joe. Joe, a man. How you doing, buddy? Uh, listen, I think it's time that, uh, time that maybe you and I sit down and have a nice talk like mature adults. Uh, but first I found this lying around. Uh, what do you think of that, huh? Like Sunday, whipped cream, fruit loops, and see that little thing on top? See that little red thing? That's a cherry bell. <laughs> yeah, real cute, Jess. And I was supposed to just forgive you for all the mean stuff you said just because you brought me ice cream. Well, in case you haven't noticed the height difference, I'm not Michelle. <laughs> Did you say Fruit Loops? Check out the yellow ones. I know you hate the yellow ones. Huh? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're forgiven. <laughs> all right, pals again. Pals. Buddies again. All right. Uh, you know what? This just came to my mind. KFLH wants us to team up and do an afternoon radio show, and I told him yes. Thanks, pal. What is this? Why are we doing this? You're just being nice to me because you need me now. Come on, Joey. This would be a great job for the both of us. There's no way I can work with someone who can't even take a joke. There's nothing funny about my hair. No, but there is something darn funny about the big moose stain you leave on the couch. You know what? I ain't doing the show with you. No, that's where you're wrong. I ain't doing the show with you. No, no I'm not doing it with you. Excuse me. Yes, Michelle? If you guys are arguing, I can help. I don't think so, Michelle. Don't worry, I'm a good helper. Now, you stand here and you stand here. When I count to three, say you're sorry. One, two, three. Michelle, I ain't hugging a bullwinkle brain. Dippity doo head. Bullwinkle brain. Dippity doo. Bullwinkle brain. Why do I even bother? So Stephanie really, I know she's like 11 years old, but honestly, <laughs> uh. You don't mess in people's relationships. I know she's trying to get material for her short, her short story, but this is not the way to go about it. You're messing with people's lives. She's writing a note, which she slips into one of the um one of the school books because she hears DJ and Steve on the other side of the door. DJ's trying to get them back to their homework because they share a class together. And he comes out with a giant bowl of, like, three different types of, we got Doritos, Cheetos, Cheese Puffs, what have you. And it's a snack to tide him over because, you know, he's a wrestler. He needs to carbo low so the way he's got that energy that he can burn off while he's wrestling. Oh my good golly! Yo, anyone else eats that? And they're going to be, by the time they, this is a, an XL size, this is like an XL size tub of popcorn, but with Doritos and Cheetos and what, cheesy popcorn or something. It just, you would throw, I think you would throw up. That is not for DJ. DJ is not having any of that. 
and in a minute all that's gonna go to waste salt fat sugar and nacho cheese so there's Doritos there's something with sugar and fat so probably pork rinds both their books are covered in I guess that's the thing they did back back then was like they covered their books with like paper materials so they could like draw draw on it and stuff. I never did that. I didn't have access to that stuff. And she put Stephanie put this in Steve's school book. So this is what Stephanie wrote. Dearest DJ, I'll never forget our kiss in the lunchroom on macaroni day. And the fact that he's he's reading this and he just love Henry. Who's Henry? So he stands up and he looks at DJ just utterly betrayed. He asks, who's Henry? And she says, I don't know a Henry because she stands up as well. Like, They've been arguing the whole time about Kathy Santoni, and I was like, hey, since they're not arguing about their relationship, then let's throw a wrench into the situation with a fake love note. So yeah, he won't even let her see the note. He says, then why'd you kiss him on macaroni day? And she says, I didn't kiss him. I don't know a Henry. I didn't kiss him on macaroni day or fish stick day or any other day of the week. Here we go, Stephanie in the background, just grinning maniacally as she's, she's not even watching what she's writing down. She's just like grinning at this. He won't even let her look at the note he crumpled, because she reaches for it. He yanks it out of her reach, crumples it up, and is like, where's my jacket? I'm leaving. Yeah, he runs up the stairs. She's following him. He's like, how could you do this to me? And she's like, I didn't do anything to you. DJ saying, I didn't kiss him. And then Stephanie comes up from her little hiding place in the alcove under the stairs and is like, this is pure gold. No, sweetie, this is di diabolical. This is just, you don't do that kind of stuff. And they're, they're teenagers. Their emotions are heightened regardless because they're teenagers. And you just threw this wrench into the relationship. Danny comes in and he's like, hey, Steph, how's your story coming? And she says as she takes off her glasses, oh, it's really heating up. So she gives it to Danny to look and immediately he starts reading it. And then DJ and Steve come downstairs still fighting about it. And that's what tips off Danny. Like, oh, you might want to take a look at Stephanie's short story or Stephanie's homework. Just when their love affair seemed peachy, Cleve found a secret note of PJ's. Um, <laughs> you know what? If you're going to write a short story, why don't you change the names a little more? And maybe even the situation. Because Danny right away is like, Cleve and PJ. Even, she doesn't even change Henry... Her macaroni day lover. Fireworks started shooting out of Cleve's ears and nose. And it, Danny says, wow, see, yeah, she's like, well, what do you think? He says, sounds like Cleve needs a Kleenex. He's like, oh, honey, don't worry. It's great. It's really good. I bet you'll get an A on this. Not. <laughs> Very creative. 
she could have taken something like that from Beverly Hills 90210 between Dylan, Brenda, and Kelly. Boom. There's your story, sweetie. Gifted? No. You were trolling around looking for inspiration. And yeah, 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 Oh, she's going to empty the dishwasher. There, Danny does not even look at this giant bowl of snacks. Like, that is a whole bag of Doritos and Cheetos and what have you. Sure, I like a good Dorito once in a while, but not a whole mixing bowl sized. I wouldn't polish off an entire bag. Can you imagine unloading the dishwasher for a family of ten? What he? Oh my good god! And if it, they eat dinner together every single night, they're filling that. They're the, you know how many. Cascade pods, they probably, well, I don't know if they had the little pod things that you'd put in the dishwasher. That's what I use. I don't use liquid detergent. And Steve's coming down with his bag as DJ is running down the stairs behind him saying, Steve, look, somebody wrote that note to get me in trouble. And Steve says, oh yeah, I'll tell you who's in trouble. Your macaroni day man, Henry. And he's going to the door and DJ's like, Steve, seriously, I told you, I don't know who that is. But Danny picks up on it right away. He's like, wait a minute, Macaroni Henry? You guys might want to take a look at this short story that Stephanie wrote. And DJ reads it with Steve looking over her shoulder. She And she's like, this is incredible. I don't believe this. And Steve goes, yeah, the same thing just happened to us. Dude. Dude, seriously. Read it again. Slowly. Think about it. Think about the names and the words. Yeah. Even DJ looks at Steve when he's like, when he says that, and she's just like, uh. Danny's like, DJ, you know how to pick them, don't you? Look, the embarrassed look of DJ. She looks at Danny like, you'll have to excuse Steve. He's been pinned too many times in wrestling. It's gone to his head. Steve, get away from the cupboard. We have to get in there and study. I just need a little snack to tide me over. All right. <laughs> okay, I'm all set. Got all the basic food groups covered. Salt, fat, sugar, and nacho cheese. <laughs> okay, chapter two. Now, what's this? Dearest DJ, I'll never forget our kiss in the lunchroom on macaroni day of henry who's henry i don't know a henry well then why'd you kiss him on macaroni day i didn't kiss him on macaroni day or fish stick day or any day yeah right where's my jacket i'm out of here steve wait you... i did not kiss him henry. steve this is pure gold hey steph how's your story coming really heating up just when their love affair seemed peachy cleve found a secret note of pj's it was from henry her macaroni day lover fireworks came shooting out of cleve's ears and nose how's it sound like cleve needs a kleenex no i'm kidding honey it's wonderful very creative thanks 
I guess I'm just gifted. <laughs> well, let's see how gifted you are at emptying the dishwasher. It's your turn. Thank you. Somebody wrote that note to get me in trouble. I'll tell you who's in trouble. Your macaroni man, Henry. Steve, I told you. Whoa, 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 excuse me. You say macaroni man, Henry? You know what, you guys? Might want to take a look at Steph's latest story. This is incredible. I don't believe this. Yeah, the same thing happened to us. <laughs> So this feels like the first time we've ever seen just Michelle along with like five, you know, kids that aren't Aaron or Denise or Teddy as uh, cast members for, or sit-ins for children for the Ranger Joe show. Because usually it's either been, Denise has been there or Aaron or Teddy in season five. And that's. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, he introduces Jungle Jenny. She has a big old sunflower uh, pinned to her jacket. She's wearing a safari hat. And she's, oh, rain, she calls him Ranger Boy. Do you want to smell my sweet smelling flower? And he's like, oh, okay. She presses it in the middle part of the sunflower into his nose. And he's got like a, did she get that from that joke shop that Michelle went to in season eight? Draghorn or something like that, played by Mickey Rooney. Oh my gosh! Because he's like, oh, what's on my nose? It's like a little black, like, smudge or something. And he's like, what's on my nose? And she's like, what's on your nose? A lobster! She puts a fake lobster on his nose. So now it almost feels like Joey's getting a taste of the medicine that he delivered to Jesse in form of She's embarrassing him on his show, and Joey was embarrassing Jesse on what would soon later be their radio show, basically. I mean, they're being filmed. Jesse and Joey and Jive All Night Julie were, you know, on the air. So it's almost like Joey is almost getting payback, but now in the form of someone he cannot stand, his co-worker. Even Michelle is laughing. Okay, boys and girls, we have a new friend with us today in the Enchanted Forest. Let's give a big howdy-ho to Jungle Jenny! Howdy-ho! 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 <laughs> hey, Ranger Boy, would you like a sniff of my sweet-smelling flower? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all improvised by her because Joey is just completely unaware. It's not like they rehearsed the scene before they started filming or anything like that. So, yeah. Like her husband said, go embarrass him. I think it'll bring in the last. Michelle is laughing like it's the funniest thing in the world. So, Stephanie, we're back at home. Stephanie's in the kitchen writing out loud PJ and Cleve's relationship was on the rocks as DJ and Steve come down and they are going to do a fun little skit called let's freak out Stephanie so she's telling about the 
him how this jealousy just can't go on. He's like, yes, this macaroni man dance that we've been doing, it just, it's got to come to an end. We can't go on like this. Let's get married, he says. Stephanie was just taking a sip of milk, just spits it out all over the kitchen table. Like You're like 20 plus years too early, Steve. Calm down. No, maybe I should make that, no, 30 some years. No, that's not right. Because they met in 92. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, let's move on with our lives. <laughs> Who cares when it was? She, DJ's like, hey, how about tomorrow? It's a half day of school. And Steve and DJ hug. I love how they're just playing into the, they're <laughs> freaking Stephanie out. Not that she wouldn't want it to happen, but even she knows, like, they're in high school. No one gets married in high school. Unless it's One Tree Hill and you're Nathan and Haley Scott. <laughs> Stephanie's eyes are literally bugging out. She took her glasses off because she is just that shot. Her jaw's, like, on the floor. And DJ says, Dad, we have a surprise for you. We need to talk. And Danny, of course, is in on this unbeknownst to Stephanie. And he's like, well, that's what dads are for. And Stephanie gets out of her chair, goes over, pulls out a chair for Danny, says, well, this dad better sit down. Then she hands him a tablecloth, uh, a um, cloth napkin and says, here, bite on this. So <laughs> Steve says, Mr. Tanner, sir, dad, <laughs> I want to marry your daughter. And of course, Danny throws down the cloth napkin and says, what? Okay, so we get a timestamp. They have only been dating for three months. <laughs> Danny smiles and says, what took you so long, son? It feels so sad when you look at it, like, fast forward into the future. Like, Steve and DJ, in order to go to finally be together and get married, had to go through a breakup, his divorce, and her being widowed before they get married. And, oh... Um, and also Steve's almost wedding to CJ. Not like, I'm not saying those are like necessarily like hurdles they have to cross, but those are just the events that took place between the time they started dating to the time they actually get married in 2020. And all three of them hug. And Stephanie is just like, I don't even believe what I'm saying. Yeah, she's like, Dad, you can't be serious. And Danny says, hey, why not? I love how he's got an armor on Steve and DJ and says, hey, why not? I mean, they could live right here with us. Yeah. He says, well, they could take your room and Michelle could take DJ's room. And <laughs> Stephanie is like, well, where would I sleep? Yeah, and Danny's like, oh, yeah, I, I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot about you. Yeah, he says, I could put a bath mat in the laundry room. And Stephanie says, Dad, please, that's where Comet sleeps. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Hey, you two could keep each other warm. There you go. I thought, he, I thought this would be an interesting throwback to early season five when the whole um, DJ wanting to get her own room. I'm surprised he didn't say, because he did see when Stephanie had moved into the bathroom. I thought he was going to be like, well, you could always do what you did before, and you could move into the bathroom. Remember that? Yeah, you could do that. 
I am looking at so much laundry. We got three bottles of Tide. We got like three like of the fabric softener. We got a couple things of maybe Woolite and then some other couple other what have you. It's probably for stains or whatnot. It's like, but then again, this is a, I mean, you know, Joey does his own laundry. You know, well, wait a minute. There are times I feel like Danny has done Joey's laundry. You know that Becky, Jesse, and the boys, they have their own laundry. They do their own. But then Danny's got his, uh, apparently Joey's, because Joey doesn't do his own laundry. And then the girls' laundry. So that's, I mean, that those washing machines, I just wonder, like, how often do they have to be repaired? How often do they, I mean, what kind of warranty do they have on that washer and dryer? I don't know. But those get, I mean, with all those people using those, they would get a major, it feels like you'd be doing that at least almost every day, if not using them every day. And Stephanie says, Dad, you can't do this to me. And I love how DJ chimes in. She's right behind Stephanie and says, why not? It'd be a great ending to your story. And yeah, yeah, the look on Stephanie, she's, She's been caught. She has been caught. She's like, oh, uh, my story? <laughs> uh, what did you think? She's like the kid. The look on her face is like the kid who got their hand caught in the cookie jar. But Danny pulls a chair over from the kitchen counter. Cause when uh, Stephanie says, so, what'd you think? And Danny says, sitting down, we think you did a pretty rotten thing. Yeah, he's, he basically says you can't disrupt people's lives just to make your story more interesting. It's like, sweetie, you don't know who you are hurting by doing this. And Stephanie does realize that she did wrong here. She says, I didn't mean to hurt anybody. And she turns to DJ and Steve and says, I'm really sorry. Can you guys forgive me? And Steve's like, yeah, I, I guess. Sure. And DJ says, okay, I guess we're even now. And then she turns to Steve, and I love this, as she says, you know, all that talk about marriage seemed right. And Steve's like, yeah, what do you say, Dad? Oh, <laughs> like, Danny gives the stink eye to Steve, like, okay, we're, we're, we're done. We're done, like, messing with Stephanie now. <laughs> Don't kid about marrying my daughter, not yet. Not right now. And he says, hey, I say, why don't you forget about this marriage thing, and I'll make you a, a corn dog." Steve's like, cool, okay. I'm like, wait a minute. You still got that bowl of Dorito, nacho cheese, what have you, in the living room that you need to eat. That's probably getting stale just sitting there. Oh my gosh, Kama could be wolfing down those Dorito, Cheeto, what have you mixture. I mean, no, it's not chocolate, but still, I mean, I mean, that bowl is literally as big as Comet's head. And Danny says, oh, sorry, Deej, I guess a, not a woman alive can compete with my corn dogs." This makes me think of when Danny said, oh, um, he's here every day. And DJ says, Dad, you're a good cook. And then he says, DJ, that boy would eat lint. I know. This macaroni dancing has made me realize that we can't go on like this. Let's get married. <laughs> How about tomorrow?
Michelle could take DJ's room. Where am I going to sleep? Oh, yeah. I forgot about you. <laughs> oh, I, I could put a bath mat in the laundry room. <clears throat> That's where Comet sleeps. Oh, honey, that'd be great. You could keep each other warm. <laughs> Dad, you can't do this to me. Why not? It would make a great ending to your story. story more interesting. I didn't mean to hurt anybody. I'm really sorry. Can you guys forgive me? Yeah, I guess. Okay, we're even now. Actually, all that talk about marriage really felt kind of right. Yeah. What do you say, Dad? <laughs> I see. Why don't you just forget about this marriage thing and I'll make you a corn dog. Sorry, Deej. Apparently not a woman alive can compete with my corn dogs. So we go back to the studio. Jungle Jenny has got a... It's a fake... It looks like a cartoon cardboard rifle. And she tells the kids, because they're sneaking up on Joey, and she says, you know, kids, sometimes rhinos disguise themselves as... Disgruntled uh, rangers. Joey just sitting on one of the stumps. He is just full on, just angry and contemplating like, why? How has my life gotten to this point? After that, he's probably thinking about whether or not he should just uh, forgive Jesse and move on, or whether like, can I work with this woman, or should I start looking for another job? So, Jungle Jenny yells Rhino. The kids basically just push Joey from the stump to the ground. <laughs> like, good grief. This one girl's just like, mm. good grief. He hit that other stump with the back of his shoulder as he went down. It's like, good grief. And then Jungle Jenny has a whistle. Joey finally gets up. He's like, yeah, man, <laughs> those little fists are pointy. What in the world is wrong with this woman? She, she rips Mr. Woodchuck out of Joey's hands and says, oh, Mr. Ranger, is this your Woodchuck? She's like manhandling Mr. Woodchuck. And it's like, that doesn't belong to you and it doesn't belong to the studio. That is Joey's Woodchuck. And she... <laughs> 
goes over to where the vine is, where, like, they would do, like, a little puppet show, and Joey says, I've asked you repeatedly, do not touch my woodchuck. And he's not watching where he's going, because apparently she's got a trap set up on a pulley system that when she pulls this vine, it yanks him right off his feet. This is dangerous. What? I just... I can't see this lady taking over like, oh, it's now the, instead of Ranger Joe, it's the Jungle Jenny. I don't see this surviving. I mean, even if, I was thinking about that today, even if a show got an Emmy and everything like that, at some point, I mean, because they were trying to revitalize it, bringing on Jesse, didn't really help ratings. And they had to cut costs. And it was like, well, let's bring on, I'm sure Mr. Storbridge is like, hey, my wife needs something to do. I'll bring her on. And they're like, yeah, okay, fine. I I mean, we don't even know how the audience even really responded. The kids seem to enjoy her. But, and I just, to me, it just feels like Michelle is a traitor to Joey because she's just laughing at Joey and just taking Jungle Jenny's side, and I don't like it. I know Michelle's a kid, but give me a break. Joey lives in your house. You've known him basically your whole life. Both of his feet go in this trap that she set up, and then she pulls the vine and literally yanks him off his feet. He falls down, hits the floor, and then is yanked off his feet and upside down. And the kids are all just laughing at him. Like, this is... I don't like this. So, she tosses Mr. Woodchuck up on the little, um... area where they would do, like, basically his little wooded spot in the tree. And he is literally, like, ten feet off the ground. This is, if he injures himself, I'd be like, I'm calling for workman's comp. Because none of this was rehearsed. It's all improvised by this woman. So she's putting him in real danger. If that vine were to snap, he would break his neck. Maybe I'm making too much out of it, but I don't, I don't like this woman. I don't like what she's doing to Joey. I don't like the fact that Michelle is laughing at Joey. They're putting, she's putting his life in danger for a joke. Michelle is, like, literally holding her, her stomach. She's laughing so hard. And you hear the Ranger Joe theme song plays in the background. And she says, bye-bye, kids, bye-bye. And she laughs and says, good show, partner. I'll see you tomorrow. I'm like, lady, you basically took over the show. I'd be like, you will not see me tomorrow because I'm going to quit. I'm just, I, 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 if I were him, I'd be like, I've had enough. I can't. I'm done. It's been a nice run, but I'm not, no. I mean, a person can only take so many allowances before it's like, it's just not going to work out. So, Mr. Strawbridge comes out and says, oh, great show. And she says, oh, I'm going to go warm up that hot tub. And they kiss. What is it with this guy in chemistry? First with Becky and Danny. And now Joey and this jungle Jenny lady. What's it supposed to be? Joey and Jenny? It's, ugh. 
like, oh yeah, you got some great chemistry. It's like, what chemistry? She took over the show. It went from being the Ranger Joe show to the Jungle Jenny show. And I'm sure kids at home are like, I don't even know what I'm watching anymore. Yeah, and he's upside down, so you can imagine all the blood is, like, rushing to his head. He's like, sir, I've had it up to here. And he realizes he's upside down. And Joey gives him an ultimatum, which I get. <sighs> I don't, and I do. Where he basically, yeah, Joey's like, hey, look, it's me or her. Take your pick. And he's like, okay, then you're fired. He says, oh, please be quick with your decision. The blood is really rushing to my head. He says, okay, you're fired. I'm like, okay, win-win for me. I'm going on unemployment, and I am going to basically bleed you dry financially. <laughs> There's got to be some type of a stipulation, just something in his contract. They didn't go through it and just say, apparently, what, that they can fire him for any reason? Like, oh, we don't even have to tell you we're going in a new direction with the show. We'll just bring in this person and just, like, either you can work with her or you can look for another job. That's basically your only two options. But I would be like, well, then I'm going to come after you for unsafe practices. You're putting my life in danger for a television show. Yeah. Because he doesn't even bother to get Joey down. Because they end up turning off the studio light, the set lights. He's like, uh-huh, real funny. Oh, Michelle's still sitting there watching this whole thing. Michelle doesn't help matters by saying, this was so funny. And he tells her, Michelle, this was not funny. Jungle Jenny made me look like an idiot. And he asks her, like, hey, can you find someone to cut me down from here? And she says, okay, stay right here. I'll be right back. And then they turn the lights off. It's in pitch black. Oh my gosh. This is like nightmare inducing for anybody. Oh, they did cut him down. You don't see it, but you hear his body slam to the floor. He's like, thank you. He's probably got a concussion. Along with other injuries. Remember, sometimes rhinos disguise themselves as uptight rangers. Jungle Jenny made me look like an idiot. Now, can you go find somebody to cut me down, please? 
Okay, so right there. <laughs> Hello? Anybody here? Can somebody please cut me down? Thank you. So, we go back home. Jesse is tuning his guitar. Or just strumming it. Michelle and Joey come in, and Jesse asks, Mitchell, like, hey, kiddo, how was the show? And she said, don't tell Joey, but he, it was so funny. Oh, here we go. We got another bribe, only this time it's not a food. It's a Elvis car wax. Kind of like that Elvis peanut butter, only you can't eat it. He's like, oh, wow, get, get out of here. Really? Joey, seriously, I've been looking all over town for this. What made, they just slap Elvis's name and picture on the front. I mean, what is, what makes it so great? I mean, how is it any different than Elvis peanut butter? It's the same thing. You slap a name in a face uh, and all of a sudden people want to buy it because of who the celebrity is. And then after Jesse pets Joey in the back, he realizes basically Joey's doing exactly what Jesse did with the ice cream. Like, instead of apologizing, you're giving a peace offering, basically, in the form of a gift or a bribe. So Joey says, hey, Jess, can you sit down for a sec? I want to talk to you about this. So I like that they're actually going to discuss this situation because I think now after what happened with Jenny kind of doing the same thing to Joey that Joey did to Jesse he's kind of seeing the other side of the coin now and Joey apologizes he's like hey look Michelle helped me realize that I was wrong at the radio station and Michelle can't believe her ears she's like hold everything here are you saying I helped and I like how he puts a hand on her shoulder and says, you certainly did. You were a big help, sweetheart. Thank you so much. And I like how she just, she loves it. She loves this. And I told you I was a good helper. What did you do? Well, you definitely helped him realize that sometimes jokes, making jokes at other people's expense is not the way to go about things. And trying to play it off like I was just kidding. I was just a joke. No, jokes at other people's expense, do hurt. And sometimes people don't realize that until the tables have turned and the joke's on them. And it's not a matter of someone being too sensitive. It's like, hey, you wouldn't like it if the shoe was on the other foot. Or if somebody was making jokes at your... It just, to me, that just feels like it goes to the, back to the same thing as is roasting celebrities. I mean, okay, I, I get it if they like that kind of thing. It, it, it's basically to each their own. I, I just, I, I'm not a fan of people roasting people in the name of comedy or for laughs. I just, I think it's insensitive and it is what it is. That's, that's just my opinion on it. And he tells her well, you helped me realize that it's wrong to make jokes if it hurts someone's feelings. And she's surprised. She says, wow, I did that? All right. And Jesse adds, good work there, Shorty. And she says, okay, if you guys need any more of my help, I'll, you know where to find me. I'll be in my room. 
And Joey does apologize to Jesse about the hair comments. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I was getting big laughs. One, you're getting laughs from Allison. <laughs> or from uh, Julie. I'm sorry, Allison. That's, that's the lady who comes on later as their boss. Um, <laughs> and he, he just figured, you know, he was on a roll and he didn't really think about the fact that he was putting someone else down. So Jesse, the way that he responds to Joey is like, hey, he apologizes and says, hey, I was so like wound up about wanting to get this job so bad that I was being a little, maybe a little overly sensitive and, uh, and he says, you know, he, he overreacted. Well, I mean... I don't know so much about overreacted or maybe too sensitive. I mean, I guess it just depends on the person and the jokes and whether people, it, it just, to me, depends on the person. Um, yeah, so. I mean, I personally feel that Joey was in the wrong here. Yes, Jesse does have a temper and yes, he does tend to overreact. But in this regard, Joey, Joey, I mean, even I'm sure that Joey was there when Jesse said how much this would mean to him if he could get this position. So, and Jesse says, I'm sorry, pal. But I love what Joey says here. He's like, you know, when we were in advertising, like two years ago, we made a pretty good team. Maybe the radio show is the way to go. Maybe we should do this. Yeah, music and comedy, the best of both worlds. I like that. But old paycheck, uh-huh. I mean, Joey is now unemployed. I mean, honestly, what is... I just thought about that. What is Mr. Strawbridge going to say why he let Joey go? What, insubordination? Come on. And Jesse says, you know, the best part is that, you know, I get to work every day with my really good friend. I think he's going to say his best friend. So yeah, I was like, hey, that's a deal. And then Jesse offers to make a Sunday for Joey, you know, one that won't melt. <laughs> and Joey does promise not to make any hair jokes about Jesse. Really? Really? Now you're giving permission for Joey to trash his hair all he wants. It's like, sure, in the privacy of our own home, but not on the air. Just don't touch the hair. <laughs> you can, yeah. And Joey says, I don't might wanna I don't wanna touch it, but I might wanna drive through it. My car could use a lube job. Uh, <laughs> and Jesse says, Now you've gone too far, Bullwinkle Brain. And then here we go with the dippity doohead and Jesse's chasing Joey up the stairs. And that's pretty much how the episode ends. Hey Pete, how's the show? Don't tell Joey. Don't tell Joey. Elvis Carwax. Elvis Carwax, get out of here. You're looking all over town for this. Thanks. I mean, uh, cool. Hey, just sit down for a minute, okay? Look, I, I want to apologize, okay? Uh, Michelle helped me realize that I was wrong yesterday at the radio station. Hold everything. Did you say I helped? You certainly did. You were a big help, sweetheart. I told you I was a good helper. <laughs> what did I do? Well, you helped me realize that it's wrong to make jokes if it hurts someone else's feelings. 
I did that? All right. Good job, Shorty. If you boys need any more help, you know where my room is. Jess, I'm sorry I made all those stupid hair comments. I, I was getting big laughs. I, I guess I kind of got on a roll there. That's all right. I, I was so uptight about getting that job. I was, I was way too sensitive and I overreacted. I'm sorry, pal. Hey, you know, we were in advertising. We made a pretty darn good team. You know, maybe this radio gig will be fun. A little music, a little comedy, a little paycheck. Ha <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> Let me tell you the best part. The best part would be that I get to work every day with a really great friend. So what do you say, pal? Partners again? Hey, I say let's do it. All right. <laughs> Come on, I'll make you a Sunday. All right. Jess, I promise, when we do the show, no more of those stupid hair jokes. Ah, that's okay, Joe. You can trash my hair all you want. Just don't touch it. <laughs> I don't want to touch it. Might want to drive through it, though. My car could use the lube job. <laughs> now you've got too far forward. All right, worst outfit of the episode. Oh, gosh. You know, I think I got three in mind here. So first up, I, I think I want to give it to Stephanie. She's wearing a sleeveless denim button-up with a teal mixed with pink floralish. It's got like patterns type of skirt and it goes down to her ankles and it just, I don't know, they just, they clash. So I think that's going to be first place and second place is going to be Kimmy's bubblegum pink or flamingo pink pants and then lime jello short sleeve shirt third place of course we're gonna give it to jungle jenny um for what she wore so like of a tropical floral print and you know bright colors just uh when she first met joey and i'm just like uh, i don't think not just because i just don't like her character but because it's not flattering. <laughs> as far as best outfit of the episode. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not a floral print that Jungie, Jungie, <laughs> Jungle Jenny is wearing. It's kind of like, um, I don't know, like giraffe pattern, but with mixed with like different shades of blue and orange and stuff. It's just, I don't know, it's just unflattering looking. Okay, I think best outfit, I just, I want to give it to Danny with his different shades of blue striped shirt. And then Joey was also wearing a shirt that had kind of a orange, burnt orange color, but also navy blue. And then like a burgundy red kind of color to it. And I thought, yeah, Danny definitely, no, I, I really like that shirt. Blue compliments him, I'll say that. Uh, Tanner Teachable moment for this episode is just, it just goes back to the whole thing with Jesse and Joey. It was like, don't make cracks at someone else's expense and play it off like it's a joke and someone's being overly sensitive when they don't find it funny or their feelings get hurt. It's like, just be respectful. 
Especially if it's like you're putting that out into the world where people can hear, whether it's on TV, whether you're podcasting, whether you're on a radio show. Unless it's something that you and your partner have worked it for a reason, or that's just your shtick. Because Jesse had no idea that Joey's going to start doing that. And Joey can't use the, I'm a comic, it's part of what I do. Nope. Nope. It's not going to fly. So yeah, just, again, and same thing with with Jungle Jenny. I mean, she's giving off the same type of, but she's not a comedian. She was just coming off very abrasive and just, I'm going to come and start making changes and because I can't, I just, Putting down Joey right away and just, yeah, I just, I didn't like her. She just gave me a bad, a, a bad vibe. <laughs> um, another thing, a Tanner Teachable moment in regards to Stephanie, 100%. Do not interfere with the person's relationship because your life, you're trying to find drama or mix something up to cause drama because you're bored or there's nothing going on in your life and you just want to make someone miserable. I just, I, I don't do that. It's not cool. You gotta come off as real and like, it's just find a hobby, read a book, um, join. There's so many cool Facebook groups out there. I joined a couple of autumn Facebook groups where just basically pictures of like pumpkins and fall leaves and just nice stuff like that. Just, I mean, if you look hard enough, you will find that there are other people out there that share the same interests as you do. Um, I also joined a Stephen King book since I started collecting Stephen King books. Started doing that. Just, uh, just all the, all these little things. And it's just, it's, it's so fun. But, um, yeah, just all in all, it just boils down to use your judgment when it comes to being around other people. And again, I hope you enjoyed the episode and I will be back in November. (laughs) Sorry, because I'm recording this now in early August. And November is going to be, we just, we're, we're finishing up the, uh, Joey and Jesse duo series, however you want to call it. Um, and now we are, we, we, we've done, we done with, with Danny, with the, his career, Jesse, and now we are going to dive into Joey's comedy. Joey's, let's see, comedic career journey series. Boom, there we go. So we're going to start with, we, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> my goodness gracious sake. It's, yeah, it's like almost 8.30 at night, and I've had a very long day. If any of you can relate to that, where you put in a long day, you're, yeah. 
so let me find this. I have my podcasting schedule here. Okay, so it's going to be, but seriously, folks, from season one. Star Search from, I think, season three? Joey Goes Hollywood, I believe that's season four. Legend of Ranger Joe is season five. So those are the four episodes in Joey's comedic career journey series for November of 2023. So, yeah, I hope you guys at this point in time are, are have had a good October. You've got all your autumn Halloween fun decorations. And at this point, I would think if you do, I mean, it's late October, you're going into November soon at this point. So, um, I would say for me, September 1st, that's when I start putting up autumn stuff. Cause that's when it's like, okay, summer's over, Labor Day's hit, boom, autumn stuff from September 1st to, I'd say Thanksgiving, and then boom, you're jumping right, like the day after Thanksgiving, boom, you're jumping right into Christmas stuff. So, all right, everyone. If you want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't yet and you'd like to leave a review for the podcast, you can go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, search Full House Podcast. And just type in Full House or Fuller House. The All My Land to Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. If you haven't yet left a review and you want to have fun, you can hit me with a trivia question, emojis to describe episode titles, your favorite characters, fun stuff like that. I really would love if I could get a couple more five-star reviews before 2023 ends. Just because I'll be finishing with the Full House podcast and finishing up Fuller House in 2024. So have a great, great October and November. Bye-bye, everyone.